Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. Now, I know I say this every week, but I am super excited for today's guest. We have a return guest to the show, Alex Judd, who's coming back to be with us. And Alex is someone whose story has been really interesting. So we interviewed him about a year and a half ago for the podcast. And at the time, he was working for Ramsey Solutions out of Nashville and hosting the Entree Leadership Podcast, which is one of the biggest business podcast in the country, and it was an honor to have him on the show. He just brought the heat with some amazing, amazing content. And since then, he's actually left to start his own company called Path for Growth. And I'm passionate about this because I've gotten to know Alex pretty well over the last six months, and what he's doing is really special. So at the beginning of the COVID crisis, he actually started a weekly Zoom call with leaders from all across the country focused on generosity, gratitude, and growth. And over the course of this time together, he was able to really make this a watering hole where people were coming back to it week after week after week, craving some kind of investment to help them go out and serve others. And he's actually been able to take a lot of the principles that were formed out of that group of Zoom calls and start a business now. So in this episode, I purposely came in with no questions prepared. Normally, when I come into an episode, I've done a lot of research on the guest. I've got an idea of where I want the conversation to go. And with Alex, I purposely didn't because this is someone whose life exemplifies growth. And I wanted you to hear an organic conversation around what is he trying to do with business owners? What are the habits of growth that he has personally put into his life that have helped him succeed and now can be passed on? And I I think that this conversation is an absolute treat. Now, I know that you probably normally listen to these conversations via audio, but we actually have a special version of this podcast that is our uncut conversation on video. And so if you go to itsfiretime.com slash podcast and you pull up this episode, you can actually watch the video conversation, which is really, really cool. In this, one of the key things that we talk about is habits. And I mentioned earlier that this season of the podcast, we're really focused on the individual. Who is it that you're becoming? What are the habits that you are putting in place right now to succeed? And we dive into that in this conversation. The truth is, we all have an idea loosely of who we want to become. The problem is that we think about our future selves as a different person. This is something I picked up from Donald Miller. and He talks all the time about how the reason it's so hard to lose weight is because when the doctor says, hey, if you don't lose weight, you're going to have a heart attack. We intellectually think, well, somebody down the road is going to have a heart attack, but, but not me because I feel just fine. We believe that our future selves are a different person. And I'm telling you that the habits you have today are a crystal ball into your future self. I mean, they, they truly, truly are. If you look at where you are now and you don't like it, well, five years ago, did you have habits in place to change who you are right now? No. So who are you, right? Vice versa, if you look at yourself and you're happy about it, it's probably because the habits and the disciplines that have 
been present in your life that have made you become this way. And if you want to change yourself and if you want to change your business, I'm telling you, look at your habits right now. And that's going to be a crystal ball for you. So I'm passionate about this because I think it's so important that we start to take control of who we are. And what Alex is doing in his business path for growth is he's taking impact-driven leaders, which is every single one of you guys listening to this podcast, and he is walking them through a path for growth to first change themselves and then change their businesses so that they're able to serve more people than ever before. So with that, I'm going to get out of the way and we're going to jump into this conversation. I am so excited for you to hear it and we'll circle back at the end and talk about it. Joining me from Nashville, Tennessee is return guest to the show, Alex Judd. Alex, since we talked last, you left one of the highest profile business podcasts in the country (laughs) and you have founded a company called Path for Growth. And I'm so excited to have you back on. Oh, well, thanks so much for having me back. I I keep telling people this stage of my life right now feels a little bit like I left a brand new Bentley for a 1980 used Ford that only sometimes works, but I'm I'm absolutely stoked to be here. I'm I'm pumped for this conversation. Love every time we get to talk, Tim. Yeah, me too. I've really appreciated getting to know you over the last year, and this is going to be a great conversation. Normally, I come in with these questions. I do a lot of research ahead of time, but we've spent enough time together And I've seen the way that you've modeled your life. I really want to just have an organic conversation today around your journey and around some of the habits and disciplines that you've put into practice yourself that you've been able to now leverage into a business to help other people. That that sounds like an absolute blast. I feel like I should be paying for this, Tim. this is going to be too much fun to be free. (laughs) Sounds good. I'll send send you a bill when we're done here. (laughs) Okay. That was a joke. That was a joke. (laughs) Well, let's start here, Alex. I want, I want you to hear your story. So last time we talked, you're working for Dave Ramsey, which is an amazing company. You're, you're, you're rising through the ranks, hosting the Entree Leadership Podcast. And here you are a little while later, like you said, starting your own business. I'd love to hear about just your journey and, and, and what it was that made you want to branch out and do this. Mm. Whenever I tell this story, I always go back to several, several, several years ago when I was in second grade. And my mom remembers this too. I looked at her, uh, she was folding laundry and I looked at her as a second grader and I said, I don't think that I want to be a motivational speaker when I grow up, but I think I'd love to be a motivational teacher. <laughs> in, in second grade, she looked at me. She was like, "Who are you? Like, what on earth?" But uh, it's it's bizarre. That was that was in me for a very very long time. Now, it, like, it wasn't something that I was consciously pursuing every single day for the rest of my life since that moment. But it's like I would watch Zig Ziglar and I would listen to John Maxwell. Yeah. And I would constantly sit in high school evaluating my teachers and thinking to myself, I could teach this better than they're teaching this right now, yeah. <laughs> like a snob. Uh, but, but it was effective communication and effective leadership have been on my mind for so long. They've been things that I've been deeply passionate about. And that is really what brought me to, to Ramsey Solutions, to the Entree Leadership Team, and then worked my way up there to get to fill that role as the host of the Entree Leadership Podcast. And it's exactly what you said amazing organization. Like I was there for four years and I can tell you that there is a reason why they were just named one of the best places to work in America. It's because they are. Dave Ramsey is the strongest leader I've ever worked for, period. And like, I love those people. I love that mission. That's what made this decision so freaking hard and so 
gut-wrenching because it's one thing to, you know, I told the VP there, I said, like, this would be so much easier if I hated this mission and I hated everyone here and everything was moving in the wrong direction, right? Could we just do that? But yeah, I mean, that just wasn't the case. I loved that place, but that's the big lesson that I learned is that sometimes you have to leave something great to, yeah. to, to go to the thing that you're called to. And that's really what this was for me, was it was stepping out towards a calling. Yeah, that's awesome. And when, when we first started, I mean, we, we talked a little bit a year and a half ago when you first came on the podcast, but over the last six months, we chatted quite a bit, and you did something really unique when the COVID crisis hit. You put up on Instagram, hey, the bars are closed, if you want to hang out, grab a drink and email me. And I want you to talk about that experience because you did something really special for those few months. Oh, man, that was so bizarre. I still look back at that. And I have some great friends today that I think I've texted four people today, you being one of them, that I that I met or our relationship was strengthened through that experience. And, and it's like, that is long gone now. This was months ago that that happened. And we wouldn't be having these, these conversations and relationships if that didn't happen. So it was right as, as COVID started. And I remember we had just had the conversation at work. Dave, had the meeting at work where he essentially ran through like we don't know how bad this is going to get but here's what could be possible worst case scenario and it was like holy cow this it's kind of this collective recognition for everyone but also this recognition for me that it's like this is not just another story on the news things will be affected by this. This is going to get real, real quick. Now, I don't think any of us could be, could have predicted that we'd now be in September still talking about it, but, um, but we knew it was going to be real. And I just came back from that day and I just told myself, and I was thinking about it that day and the next morning, like, I am just so grateful, number one, that I'm working for a company that, that practices what it preaches about being debt-free and having retained earnings and, and making sure that you operate on principles that are really safe like I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I I was taught at a very young age how to manage my personal finances. So I'm operating from a position of strength there. I'm grateful that that relationally I have unbelievable community here in Nashville and I have people that I connect with on a regular basis. And there were all these things that I just looked at and it's like, oh my God, I've been so blessed. I'm so grateful that I'm operating from a position of strength in this season. And it was that next morning, I was thinking about that. And I literally, part of my morning routine is I journal uh, my prayers and I journal the th- things that I, I'm grateful for. And, uh, and it was that next morning I journaled that. And then I was reading the message version of Romans 15, which the message version of the Bible is Eugene Peterson's modern day translation of the Bible. He went through it word for word. And in Romans 15, the, the phrase that I came across that just stopped me dead in my tracks was the phrase strength is for service. And I sat there and I just said, man, I've just been grateful that I'm operating from a position of strength in this season. And, and then I read that and I said, okay, that strength is not for me. That strength is yeah. for service. And uh, out of that, I was like, okay, well, how could I use this for, to serve people? And just said, well, there's no doubt in my mind that 
loneliness, I think, is an epidemic today. It was it was an epidemic before coronavirus existed. And then you'd say, tell everyone you need to be locked inside your house. And I was like, that just magnifies everything that everyone either didn't even realize they were feeling or they knew they were feeling it. They just didn't know how to deal with it. And so I said, well, I'm feeling strong in that area. So what if I use that strength for service and just created a Zoom call? I almost didn't do it. I was this close to thinking like, no, that's a stupid idea. I don't know that anyone would show up. And then I just, I thought to myself, well, what's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is I show up and no one else does. And if that's the case, I just have a beer by myself, which isn't really that bad of a thing. (laughs) And so, so I put something out on Instagram and I think, I mean, I I think you were there the first night we had like 25 people show up the first night. Some of them were people I hadn't talked to since high school. Some of them were friends that I have now. Some of them I had never met before. Like it just absolutely outrageous. Um, and we, we met for several, several weeks and ended up being months after that every single Thursday night. Yeah. And it was special. I mean, it was really special. People were trying to figure out what does life look like in this and we're, and people are kind of trying to figure out why do we keep getting together every week? But what, what happened is everyone kept coming back basically saying like, this is the well, like these are people that want to grow. There's a heart of generosity, our strength is for service. And, and that was really special. And I, and I mean, I think it's fair to say like that was part of the springboard for what you're even doing now. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, in ways that I could have never imagined. I was not thinking of starting a business at that. Like I was at that time when I started it, I was thinking to myself, thank God I have a job, right? Thank God I have a place to work and thank God I'm not an entrepreneur is what I was thinking whenever I started that group because it just wasn't on my radar at that time. I'd be interested to know because you, I mean, you were, you were consistently attending every single time and that that's what was crazy. And, And I remember talking to people like you and Susan who helped us organize the group and just saying like, People keep like, it's not like they're just showing up once people keep showing up to this. And it was kind of bizarre. Like it was kind of insane how people that I'd never met before were suddenly creating these relationships that were like rooted in substance and depth. Like, why do you think it was at that time that people just kept not just start started showing up, but kept coming back? You know, I think that people are hungry for words of affirmation. Mm. I think that they're hungry for that. And that was a group where we were affirming each other. We were celebrating wins. And I think that, you know, in, in our culture, like we, we've made basically fulfilling my immediate desires and pleasure, like the ultimate good and anything that takes away from that, like the ultimate evil. And the truth is that's super shallow. And like you, you go down that rabbit hole for a little bit and you find out how unfulfilling it is. And I think that when people are actually challenged to think bigger. And when like, this is like, you know, Victor Frankel 101, like mm-hmm. when, when they are going through hard times and they view it as redemptive and for the sake of serving or for the sake of being a part of something bigger than themselves, I think there's something infectious about it. And that group really captured it. It was special. Yeah. That's one of the things that I've thought about a lot because what we're doing with Empath for Growth right now, it's it's simultaneously, I'm trying to create the culture within my team and then trying to create the culture within our customer community as well, but then also trying to create cultures in other business leaders' teams as well and assist them with that. And one of the things I've thought a lot about is, well, like, I don't know that it was hyper-intentional, but 
what happened with those Thursday night groups, that thing had culture so thick you could cut it with a knife. Like the shared values, the shared behaviors, the shared sense of purpose. I mean, there was culture there. And I've tried to think about myself, like how did that occur? And I'm I'm not sure that I've totally identified it yet, but I, uh, I know I'm asking you questions now. I don't know how this turns so quick. But I'm, <laughs> like this is this is helpful for me. Like what, what was it? What were the actions that we took? Because we had a leadership team that was intentionally thinking about how do we steward this? What were the actions that we took that actually made culture occur? Well, I think that we sought out people who weren't recognized. I think that was a really big thing was seeking out people who probably had thoughts, who probably had opinions, but maybe they were afraid. Maybe it was easy for them to get talked over. And I think that we purposely went after those people. And I think that that really, really helped. I think also what we figured out really quick is that if you want people to grow, they've got to be in it for themselves. And so one thing that was awesome was it wasn't just Alex Judd talking, or it wasn't just, I'm going to go get this rock star guest to come and talk. It was actually having the people within the group sharing with each other in breakout rooms and basically taking command of their own growth and, and, and learning. Yes. And I know I, I listened to the episode that you did with Ryan on this podcast, mm. which if y'all haven't listened to that episode, it's so good. But that's one of the lessons that like, Ryan was someone that I met through that yeah. group. And I think you met through that group too. Yep. But one of the lessons that I've learned from him is that like adult learners are active learners. And it's like, don't, don't, don't expect people to learn if you're just going to sit there and lecture them because that no one is wired to like even children aren't wired to learn that way. And I've taken that with regard to teams. And even whenever we do intensives for path for growth and team training and all that, like if I go 30 minutes where I've talked and haven't asked a question of the audience where they engage and interact, I tell myself like I'm doing something wrong. Like that's not okay because adult learners are active learners. Well, that's so good. And I want, to, I want to pivot into Path for Growth next, but you just hit a leadership principle on the head. For people listening to this, they're leading companies, leading installation teams, leading sales teams. When you run your meetings, when you're talking to your people, if it's 90% you, they're probably just tuning you out. Like you, you've got to find a way to like, you have to deliver content to be able to set the trajectory, but ultimately people learn best when they're learning for themselves and when they're actually teaching each other. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like, at what? Don't give them all the answers. No one wants to hear all the answers. Ask the right questions to get them bought into the answers. Oh, dude, we could talk forever about like <laughs> whenever. Whenever I talk to people about reading the scriptures, and they're like, "Man, the Bible, like, it's really hard. It's not answering all my questions about God." And I'm like, "Yeah, like if if you got all your questions answered already, like, don't read the Bible. <laughs> it's gonna, yes. it's gonna, it's gonna make you think about things that you've never thought about, and you're gonna have to go on a journey to learn those answers. It's, it's not, you know, I mean, it's, it's a journey, but that's how the best things in life are, right? Like the best things in life, it's not a quick fix. The best things in life are difficult. They take blood, sweat, and tears, but it's worth it. Yes, I, I, I heard a Tim Keller quote the other day where he said, do you want a God 
that gives you food or do you want a God that gives you a path? Because that will, that will radically change your experience of God. If you're just sitting around waiting for something to feed you so that you're no longer hungry, and then once you're full, you're done with God, that, that changes your spirituality. There's no way it does it. But if you're expecting God as a God that says, I'm not going to give you all the answers, I'm not going to give you your next meal necessarily, but I will give you the path towards me, man, that changes the game. And that's a, like, like you said, that is a leadership principle. Yeah, I love it. Well, I want to I want to jump in here. So now that you're now that you're on this path for path for growth, you see what I did there. What what is it that you're specifically doing? So you're targeting impact driven leaders. What are you helping them overcome? Yeah, well, we we say that we exist to help impact driven leaders step into who they were created to be so that others may benefit and God may be glorified. And so if we're going to break that down, we start with the individual, right? You can't have a leader if you don't start with the individual, right? And so we make the individual strong. You start with internal strength. And so a lot of times we see that either there are internal issues, being lies, being limiting beliefs, being internal psychology, being your physical physiology that is affecting you from being the individual, from being the person that you were created to be, right? You're not effectively using your strengths. You're not maximizing your gifts. You're not confronting your weaknesses. You're not fixing the things because you're denying them that you need to be fixing. And as a result, we don't even have any, like any business talking about leadership yet because we just need to, we just need to make you a whole person, right? And we need to start there. And so that's where we start is with the individual, but we don't stay with the individual, right? The core value is strength is for service. So my strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. So then we say, okay, we, we're going to invest in self-improvement, not selfish improvement. There is, I mean, there is too much. I don't know if I can say this on, on here today, but there is too much bull crap <laughs> out there in the personal development world that is literally, well, I'm going to get better for the sake of me getting better. And then I'm going to make sure everyone knows about it. And that I'm just so freaking fed up with that because it leads you down a path that you end up frustrated with, angry with, and it, it hurts people. It hurts people when you invest in selfish improvement. But I do believe in self-improvement because self-improvement is me maximizing who I'm created to be for the stated purpose, for the explicit purpose of others benefiting. Because I know when I'm the person that God created me to be, and, and then I start using that for serving other people, gosh, all, all, tie, or all ships rise on rising tides, right? And everyone gets better. Everyone improves. So then we, we pour into and develop that individual that is now strong and whole to be able to raise up the effectiveness of the people around them. So that's really where we start with impact-driven leaders is maximizing who they're created to be so that others may benefit. I love it, man. I mean, and I shared this with you a little while ago. So, so one of the, the journeys with me, so I quit my job in uh, April of this year. So basically right when COVID hit, I quit, you know, new life, new business and everything. And, and the journey for me really over the last six months in a lot of ways has been really learning how to lead and manage myself. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's different in this time of life than it's ever been before for me. And one of the things that I, I shared with you a little while ago is just like a daily rhythm that I go through is like, 
I have to create these rhythms for my life. Otherwise, I just descend into chaos. And so, you know, there's there's rhythms of like my exercise routine. Like, you know, I, I run four days a week on Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then that's that's baked into my routine. I've got a like a day planner that I use to, to help structure what's what are the right things to do, what are the wrong things to do. And and one of the big things for me in in this time has been like a daily rhythm of thinking through like, who am I? What is true of me? Where's my career going to be in five years? Where's it going to be in one year? Where's it going to be next quarter? So based on that, what is the most important thing for me to do today? And I love that you're starting with the individual person because I think that for a lot of people listening to this, man, it's like they feel like firefighters all day. It's like, hey, where's the next fire? I never have time to think about me. And it can feel selfish doing that. And like, it can even be like, well, I'm too busy working to mess with that stuff. Well, the truth is like, there's always problems in business, but but if you want to solve problems permanently, you got to step back and think about yourself. I mean, it's it's like it's like when you're on the airplane and they're like, you know, hey, put your oxygen mask on before the person next to you because if you're dead, like not only can you not help anybody, but now you're a body that they got to carry out of the plane. And I think that what you're saying is exactly the same principle. Yeah, I love that analogy. I I actually was thinking about that analogy the other day of the person on the plane. They always tell you, okay, make sure you put on your oxygen mask first and then you put on the one next to you, right? And everyone uses that as a leadership metaphor, right? I think almost it's it's not it's not strong enough. It doesn't actually articulate what's going on here. So, if you are a leader, think about this. If you have people that depend on you, which that's the definition from leadership or for leadership as far as I'm concerned is that if someone depends on you, you are a leader. Period. End of story. So, so if you are a leader, that means you've got a bunch of people that are depending on you. So I'm not talking about you just putting on the mask of the person next to you and then putting on your own mask. Here's what you're doing whenever you're not first focusing on your responsibilities to make yourself strong and healthy and take care of your job. It's like the pilot of the plane getting on the intercom and saying, hey, everyone, we're about to enter some huge turbulence. Quite frankly, I'm not sure if we're going to make it through this. It's going to get really rough. I have zero doubt the masks are going to drop. They're going to come down. Don't worry. I'm going to come back there and help you all put them on. No, no, like what? No, you are the leader. Like you fly the plane, right? Take care of your responsibility. Focus on the things that you need to do to do your job. And it has to start with internal strength. It has to start with internal strength. This is so good. And you just teed me up. So literally right before we recorded this today, just listen to the latest episode of your podcast. We'll give a plug for that later in the show. But you talked about three lies of effective leadership. And one of the lies was... I am more effective as a leader as my to-do list gets bigger. And I want you to destroy that for me right now. <laughs> Gosh, I'm just a little bit passionate about this. And, okay, I'm, I'll tee you up. In our industry, there's a lot of firefighters. And literally, like I was, on a board, I was in a board meeting the other day where one of the board members, was, I was like, hey, how's it going? And the board member was like, oh, just running, just running, just running. But it was said in a way to like puff it up. Like, oh, I'm, I'm doing a really good job. Like we're running, we're hustling. And uh, I didn't get the impression that, that that was a good thing. I want you to blow that up. Yeah, uh, we have made it a badge of honor to call ourselves busy. And when you go around and talk to someone, especially, and these are the people we work with at Path for Growth, because this is the the position and posture that I come from, high performance, impact-driven leaders, 
right? So it's high performance. They have a track record of results, but it's not results for the sake of results. It's results for the sake of making a difference. And then they're leaders, so people depend on them. And if you ask them how they're doing, almost always their natural response, whether they say it or not, is, oh, I'm just so busy right now, so busy. And they're saying it as a badge of honor. But here's the deal. The lie is that is that we become... a more effective as a leader when our to-do list increases. In reality, we become more effective as a leader when our to-do list decreases. Here's the deal. You become effective when you spend more time doing less things. You become more effective as a leader when you spend more time doing less things. And a lot of times, if your to-do list is growing ad nauseum, right? And if, if it just looks longer every single day, that by nature means that you have a leadership problem because you don't have anyone to hand things off to. You're not effectively delegating, right? And so I get pretty passionate about this because I've seen too many people get burnt out by the fact that they want to make an impact. Don't, don't fall into that trap. Don't feel like your value, your worth, your identity is dictated by the length of your to-do list. That just isn't a good approach to life and, and it, it's not sustainable at all. Set your, set your organization, set your leadership up in such a way that your effectiveness, you become more effective when you are doing less things but spending more time and more focus and more energy on them. We'll get back to our conversation with Alex Judd in just one second. Hey, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you have heard me talking about Wi-Fi. And the truth of the matter is that the reason it's so important is that most small businesses right now in our industry have a sales process that's out of control. But the problem is they don't know it. It's the way that things have always been. They think that because they technically make sales, things are fine, but they're not. Wi-Fi comes in and helps you take control by giving you concrete tools to focus and inspire your sales team so that they're actually more effective than ever. And there's a lot of ways that we do this. First of all, Wi-Fi is set up to automatically generate customized estimates for your customers. This can be used both on your website and in the showroom. But once you have Wi-Fi, there's no reason that a customer ever has to wait for an estimate again. Next up is that Wi-Fi has automated follow-up tools built into it through email marketing and other means to make sure that every single customer is taken care of and they're never slipping through the cracks. Lastly, Wi-Fi has a CRM component to it, and this stands for Customer Relationship Management. But this is something that both you and your team can use on a daily and weekly cadence to make sure that you're managing all your opportunities, and there's a built-in accountability function. If you're a sales manager that hasn't had a way to actually measure how effective is my team, what are their sales goals? How can I know what they're doing every single week? I'm telling you, there's a weekly game plan feature of Wi-Fi that will change the way you manage your business. So if you want to take control of your sales team, make them more effective than ever, and honestly, happier team members, you need to go to wifire.com today and sign up. Here's how you spell that. W-H-Y-F-I-R-E.com. You can click the big button that says sign up and get started today. So you, you really had three key things that a leader needs to be focusing on. I didn't write them down, so we'll see if I can get them off the top of my head here. But basically, if you're a leader in a company, you need to be focusing on the performance and effectiveness of your team. 
You need to be focusing on the strategic growth of your company long term, and then the operational health of your company. And those are the those are the three things that only you can do. That's right. Yeah. And and it, you know, I was talking to someone the other day, and they were just saying, "Oh, I, I'm doing I'm doing too much stuff right now. I feel I feel uh, stressed out. I'm I'm falling apart, and our team isn't moving effectively." And we realized that he was traveling a lot, right? He was traveling a lot for his job and he was booking all of his travel. He was booking all of his travel. And that means like how on earth is that in any way related to it, to the, the strategic vision and growth of the company, right? The operational health of the business or the performance of your team. When you're sitting on the Southwest Airlines website booking your travel, you are using that time in an ineffect, ineffective way, right? Because you are not investing the time in a place that creates the desired return for your leadership and for your business. And we spend all this time talking about service leadership or servant leadership. A lot of times our to-do list, the length of our to-do list is just serving us, right? We just want to feel important. We just, and, and I can only say this because I've been there and, and sometimes there's still days where I go there, right? I want to show everyone how long my to-do list is because I want everyone to know how important I am. Your value, your importance, your significance does not come from the length of your to-do list, folks. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, you know, for me, some of the healthiest rhythms that I built into my life are taking space. So like, for instance, Thursday afternoons, I've got three hours outside of the office where I go for a walk. I think I might listen to a podcast, I'll journal yesterday, we're recording this on a Friday. So literally like yesterday afternoon, called a friend, talked for 45 minutes. And then I spent like an hour and 15 minutes brainstorming some future things for Wi-Fi intensely and like laying out, okay, if we're going to take these steps in the next six months, we have to do this, 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 and this. And the truth is that unless you make time for that, you're never going to do it. And, and I think the lie that we believe is that, well, I don't have time to do this. And I, I would say, you don't have time not to do it. And like, trust me, you're going to find a way to waste time. Like if you set aside two hours a week to get out of your business and think about your company, that will not be the reason that you don't get stuff done. The reason you don't get stuff done is because you're answering your phone too much, you're multitasking, you're watching Netflix at night. Like spending two hours thinking about your business is not the reason. And I think that we just, we can't believe that lie. Yes, I totally agree. Um, you've used this word a couple times, but that word rhythm is so good because rhythm implies cadence and consistency right? Cadence and consistency. And so often we are, we are really poor at those things. Um, I know you're a Jordan Peterson right, a fan, right, Tim? Uh, not like you, but I enjoy uh, I love Jordan Peterson. That guy, that guy, I, I uh, have committed to a rhythm of listening. Oh, I, to I know. Jordan, <laughs> I, Jordan Peterson once a week, right? I listen to him once a week. But one of the things that he talks about, have you, have you heard about or read anything that he's written about the, the paradigm of order and chaos and everyone's, everyone's yes. okay. So yes. this is so good. And this changed the way that I view my schedule because he said that, that there, there, there are these notions or these principles and you can go back all the way to Greek mythology of order and chaos, right? And he says that chaos is not just like, it's not just walking into your room and your room looks a mess. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about chaos is creativity. Chaos is uncertainty. Chaos is where there's opportunity lying because you don't have all the answers figured out and there's not necessarily steps and it's like there's 
risk involved and things like that. But then he says order is, struct- is structure, responsibility. Order is, is uh, the rhythm. Order is consistency. And he said, if you have too much of either one of these things in your schedule and in your life, you're going to feel radically stressed out and completely unfulfilled. And what's crazy is the minute you start thinking about that, it's almost like most of the times that I spend talking to an entrepreneur, their life is characterized by the fact that they have way too much chaos, too much creativity, too much ambiguity, too much make it up as we go, too much opportunity opportunity that is un, uh, unstructured, right? Too much, too, too few steps to actually follow and, and too little order, right? They don't have steps. They don't have structure. They don't have consistency. They don't have rhythm. But then you think about people that you know that work in large organizations or sometimes not even large organizations, but, but medium-sized organizations that are not an entrepreneur and not a business owner. And they are complaining because all they have is steps to follow, structure that they fit into, responsibilities that they need to meet, checklists that they have to check off, and they have zero chaos. They have zero like uncertainty, everything. like Life is essentially inevitable at that point. And so it's really, it's a helpful exercise to look at your schedule and say, okay, where do I fall on this spectrum? Because if, if I'm stressed out, it either means that I have too much order and I know all the answers before the questions even come my way and I need to get into the vision maker role where I'm thinking about the future or I have too much chaos and I need to spend my time introducing order back into my schedule. Yeah, that's so good. I, I want to talk about this. I, I want to piggyback on, on rhythm again. I love that order and chaos, and I think it's going to play in here. So you're teaching these principles to impact driven leaders through path for growth, but this has started with you. I mean, you know, you're one of the most disciplined people I've met, and I, and I know the, the, the difference between discipline and habit. I want you to, to get into that for me, but where, where have you been able to build rhythms for yourself that have been helpful for you that now you're starting to teach others? Well, I think, I think your morning routine is absolutely key, but, but what I always tell people, and this is the path, I mean, this is the personal path for growth that I have an intensive coming up on Monday, uh, that, that I'm going to walk this guy in Texas through, um, it's his personal path for growth that we use to lay out the next year of habits for your personal strength. And it follows five steps, reflection, vision, action, destination, and elimination, and this is the plan that I defined for myself. It was three or four years ago. I was on a plane in Denver on New Year's Eve. I think it was New Year's Eve 2017. And it was like 10 p.m. And I told myself I'm flying from Denver to Nashville. And by the time this plane lands in Nashville, I'm going to have the year of 2018 planned out and on paper. And I told myself that. And it was this total God moment because I don't think I could have come up with this plan or this structure by myself. But I start with reflection because there, that quote, there is not value in experience. There's value in evaluated experience. So we have to first think about, okay, what are the areas that I've won? What are the areas that I've lost? What are the milestone moments? What are the pitfall moments? And really evaluate, okay, what are the trends? What are the lessons? Because I see too many people, and I've been this person, that I just make the same mistakes in a different way year to year. And I've just gotten to the point where I'm not willing to do that anymore. Reflection is a practice that leaders engage in. So you start with reflection and then you move to vision. And this is where it gets powerful. Vision is not the things that you're going to do. Vision is the person that you are called to be. That is so crucial because a lot of times, this is what I did for myself. 
and this is what I do and this is what I see whenever I work with a high performance impact driven leader. I ask them, tell me about your vision for 2021. And they say, oh, these are all the things I'm going to do. Vision isn't the things you're going to do. (laughs) Vision is the person, the leader, the man, the woman, the wife, the husband, the father, the mother that you are called to be. And out of the things that you are called to be, then we define the things that you're going to do because we look at the habits that will create that person. And I mean, that practice, that practice alone has radically changed my life because I'm formulating my morning routine, not just based on some arbitrary podcast I listen to or some arbitrary book I read or what I hear is effective. I'm formulating my morning routine structured directly around this is the man that I feel called to be. And what are the things that I, if I do it every single morning, it will make me into that man. Yeah, so good. Do you want to get into some of the actual habits that I follow or what would be helpful here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear about it. Okay, so every morning when I wake up, one of the things that I wrote down for spiritual life, but it honestly, I I split it up by the wheel of life, right? The seven sections, the wheel of life. And when I thought about, okay, who's the person, who's the man that I want to be, the words that kept showing up were consistent, energetic, faithful, and effective. Consistent, energetic, faithful, and effective consistent, energetic, faithful, and effective. They just kept showing up on this list, right? In multiple areas. And so I sat back, that's the person that I want to be. And I said, okay, what could I do every single day that would make me into someone that is more consistent, energetic, faithful, and effective? What could I do every single day? And I sat back and I thought about it. And one of the things that I've always admired about guys like Craig Rochelle is really the one that stands out to me is he has those, those, um, I don't even know if he calls them affirmations. I can't even remember what he calls it, but I knew that there was something that he would say to himself that reminded him of what he stood for. And the thing that I really liked about him is that it was rooted more in who God was than who Craig was. And I really, I loved that because sometimes you get into the whole affirmation world and it just ends up with you being this guy that's looking in the mirror flexing saying, I am awesome, right? And that's like, oh, I don't want to do that. That's selfish improvement, right? And so uh, I, I told myself, well, what if I wrote an, a manifesto that I said every single morning? And, and just, like that, just like that Zoom call, I almost didn't do it because it felt cheesy. And, yep. uh, and then I just decided to myself, like, well, do I think legitimately that this would make me someone that is more consistent, energetic, faithful, and effective? And the answer was yes. And so I said, okay, I'll do it. And I've been doing it for two years now, Tim. Uh, and I mean, it's changed my day. It's changed my life. So I can share the manifesto with you if you want, but I don't know if that feels weird on podcasts. Well, no, I, I'd love to hear it. I mean, the thing I think about is like, whether we're conscious of it or not, we build our lives on a set of stories. It's mm. just, it's the way that we are. And, and, and the choice that we have is, am I going to be self-aware to those stories or am I going to ignore them and be enslaved by them? And what you're doing is you're getting out in front of it. And like neuroplasticity teaches us that like when we actually speak words over ourselves, it's amazing how we actually become that kind of person. We change the way that our brain thinks. It's absolutely amazing. So I'll, I'll share it with you. This is when, when my alarm goes off, 
Uh, and sometimes I get really mad at it for going off, just like all of you do. But this is the first thing that I say whenever my eyes open. I say, today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today, I'm on a mission, a mission to glorify the God of the universe by using the gifts he's given me to inspire understanding, action, purpose, and faith in the lives of the people that I meet. Today, I will relentlessly do the right thing. Today, I will take ground for the kingdom. Today, I will communicate and lead for God's purposes, not my own. Today, I will honor and respect authority. Today, I will love intentionally and, and proactively. Today matters. Therefore, I resolve to reject mediocrity. I'm a kingdom center leader, a world-class communicator, a child of God. People's lives will be better today because the decision I am making right now to show up for life and play all out. I'm a child of the one true king, and I'm going to act like it. Today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, man. That'll <laughs> preach. I mean, like, I, I kid you not, like, it's changed my life. Right. Because you start your day like that and it's not always hyper energetic. Right. Sometimes it's like, okay, we're saying this again. But, but like you said, it frames the way that you view things. And if it changes the way you view things, it will change the way that you do things. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Yeah, that's so good. You know, we were talking offline a little bit about kind of the rhythm that I've got every day. It's not, not quite that long, but it's similar in the sense that a realization that I had was that I had built my life on a series of stories. And basically, I, I had identified four key stories that had gotten me to a certain point, and they would not be helpful to get me any further. And so I decided that, like, it's not even that those stories weren't true. They actually, most of them were true, but they were not helpful. And so instead, what I did is I thought about who's the person that I'm becoming, what's the skill set that I have, and through some prayer and meditation, I created four new stories that every single morning, same thing as part of my weekly and and daily rhythm is I review these stories about like, this is the person who I am. And I share these with people who are close to me so they can remind me, Tim, this is who you are. I, I love that you're doing that because if you're listening to this, this might seem like, well, I could never do that. Like what Alex said, that's like a page long. Well, yeah, it is, but you only have to write it once. I mean, honestly, like Take some time and do it, and you can modify it as you go, but the truth is, like, I think that that sometimes people get afraid because they, they might see somebody like you and be like, I could never be like Alex. I could never be that structured or that disciplined. But the whole thing is, like, you actually are disciplined. It's just a question of what those disciplines are and what those habits are, right? Like, you're already living into habits. Yeah. So why why not have them be the right habits. That's, and, and that's what I think a lot of people get confused about it is, is they think it's discipline. It's not discipline. I am not naturally a disciplined person because I don't know that anyone is naturally a disciplined person, right? And, and discipline demands your willpower. So why would you invest your entire life strategy around a finite resource that is proven to be super, super up and down in a roller coaster? No, don't do that. Don't in, don't base your life's effectiveness around discipline, base it around habits. And so what I mean by that is like, Tim, you brush, you brush your teeth every night, correct? I do. Thank God. (laughs) My wife really appreciates it too. For the first time the other day, I I was on a, I was at an intensive and I asked the people in the room, does everyone in here brush their teeth every night? And there was one guy that didn't raise his hand. I was like, okay, okay, well, this is awkward now because now we all know about your dental hygiene. Um, Yeah, it was just a little bit weird, but, but most people brush their teeth every night and you're one of those people. And I don't look at you and say, man, 
that Tim, that guy is so disciplined. He brushes his teeth every single <laughs> He doesn't even miss a night. He even travels and he brushes his teeth. That guy, un- no, I don't look at him like that because it doesn't take discipline. It's a habit. It's something that you do. And it's, it's a habit that's formed by a cue, right? I'm about to go to bed. So then I do the routine of brushing my teeth. And then the reward is you get that tingly feeling and you know that you're yep. gum disease, right? That's the reward. Cue, habit, reward. Cue, habit, reward. Now, it probably required discipline at first and it probably wasn't your internal discipline. It was probably your parents disciplining you to make sure you started brushing your teeth, but eventually it became habit. And the same is true for me reading my manifesto in the morning. The same is true for I do 15 burpees every morning. The same is true for the 32 ounces of water I drink. The same is true for journaling and praying and reading the Bible. The same is true for writing things you're grateful for before you go to bed. The same is true for reading 10 pages every single day. Yes, it started as insane discipline that said like, I'm going to become this person that does this thing. But I can read 10 pages a day, right? I mean, does it really? take that much discipline. I just need to make myself do it. And then after doing it for a specific amount of time, it transfers from being discipline to becoming habit. And, and you've got habits, right? Every single one of us has habits. The question is, are your habits taking you more towards the person that you want to be, or are they taking you away from it? And that's what we need to be evaluating and then not guilt trip our ourselves because we don't have quote unquote enough discipline. We just need to be intentional about the habits we want to create. Yeah, I love that. Can you can you talk to before we wrap up here? I want to hear you talk about how boundaries as a leader and self-awareness come into play as well. <laughs> just a little small question before we end today. That's right. Yeah, just a little passing note. <laughs> um uh boundaries and self-awareness. I think that, I mean, this is, this is not something any of us figure out, right? This is something that we are all in process on. If you are going to lead people well, you need to first lead yourself well. We all know this to be true. And you can't lead someone that you don't understand. And if you're going to lead yourself, you need to start by understanding yourself. And you and I were talking about it before we started this recording, Tim. There is so much that lives just below the waterline of our comfort zone because yeah. we are not mentally or more, more, more often, we are not emotionally equipped to confront it and recognize that, that the things that you do not confront, they own you. They absolutely own you. Those limiting beliefs, those things from your past, those things from your childhood, that thing that a person did whenever they betrayed you years ago that you hadn't let go of, those things, until you confront them, they own you. And so as a leader, you owe it to yourself, but more than that, strength is for service. You owe it to your team to say, I'm not going to let that thing drive me. I'm not going to let that thing go unconfronted because I will never fix what I do not see. So when we talk about self-awareness, you know, there's so many books written around self-awareness that are really just about, you know, maximizing your strengths. And I love maximizing your strengths, but the journey towards self-awareness is way, way, way more uncomfortable than just maximizing your strengths. Right. I mean, this is why I, I go I go to a counselor once a week right now and I do it out of an obligation towards the business to make sure that I am operating as a healthy version of Alex Judd. 
because, because I owe it to my customer and I owe it to my team and the people that depend on me to be operating from a place of mental and emotional health and left unattended to, that will not happen naturally. And so when you talk about boundaries and self-awareness, I just think it's so crucial that people engage with the things that are lying just below the waterline of who they are. Yeah, that's so good, man. And I think that sometimes, you know, people might look at someone like you and think like, he's a, I, I could never be like that. Like he's a Superman. And I think the truth is that a lot of it has to do with looking inside that, you know, when a lot of people just aren't self-aware and, and like, if you were to ask the rest of your team, like they all know your weaknesses. I mean, a lot of your team knows the stuff that you're enslaved to and you're just blind to it. And I think that to be an effective leader, we have to know ourselves. And in order to get to know yourself, like this is where the boundaries come in. You got to drop some lines of like, this is when I'm unavailable. This is when my time will be structured to work on things that invest in me so that I actually have something to pour out. And I think that the self-awareness is just a really big part of it. Where I want to go last, Alex, is you started this business. I've been a part of your Path for Growth groups. I mean, like you have a way, I've told you this before, dude, you have a way of making people feel important and valued. And it's amazing how productive people are when they feel important and valued. That's a no for anybody listening to this. Can you talk about what you're doing specifically to help businesses now and how somebody can take advantage of what you have to offer? Yeah. Well, that you have told me that compliment before. And I will tell you, I mean, one of the things that always stands out about you, Tim, is just how intentional you are. And so that compliment would mean a lot coming from anyone, but it, it means a, a great deal more coming from you because I know how intentionally you listen, how intentionally you observe. So um, yes, with regard to what Path for Growth does is we have, uh, like we said, we exist to help impact-driven leaders unleash who they were created to be so that others may benefit and God may be glorified. Now, how that manifests is, number one, we've talked about it a little bit. We have our podcast that we release every single week. I teach content, and then we're also going to be releasing some killer interviews that I'm just absolutely pumped about because these are people that I get to learn from, and now I just get to share it with people that are interested in the things that I'm interested in. So, so really, really pumped about that. Um, and then we also do one-on-one -on -one coaching and intensives. And so one-on-one -on -one coaching is an intense rhythm of accountability. It is high touch. It is us getting into your business and our team getting into your business and saying, okay, over the course of the next six months, who's the person you want to be? Who's the leader you want to be? What's the business you want to have six months from now that you are not today? And then how do we draft a path that is both life-giving and sustainable, but also pushes you and demands that you grow? And that's what one-on-one -on -one coaching looks like within Path for Growth. Um, and then intensives are us working with you or a small group of key stakeholders in your business, either on the personal side, the leadership side, or the business side. And someone from our team right now, it's typically me, comes to your office and we say, we're going to roll up our sleeves and we're going to draft a plan, whether it be the long-term vision for your business, whether it be the plan for your leadership to level up, or the plan for you to level up personally over the course of a specific period of time. That's what the intensives are. And then finally, we have growth groups and growth groups are where you are surrounded by a group of like-minded people that are a similar stage of business as you are that are thinking about business the way that you are. And they get together for three reasons. It's perspective, it's 
accountability and its support, right? We, we get better when we're exposed to ideas that aren't ours. We get better whenever we have people that are kicking us in the tail and we get better when we have people encouraging us and sharing with us truth that we need to hear. So perspective, accountability, support. That's all the iterations that we're doing right now. But as you know, we are a, we are a small growing business. And so uh, we actually have some plans. I have a meeting right after this where we're going to create some, or we're creating some plans and the rollout plan for all the new stuff that's coming out. So if you want all the information, um, pathforgrowth.com, you can put your email in there and I send out all of our content and everything every single week. So we'd love to have you on there. I love it. And I'm just going to say, I, I had a friend that had you out for an intensive recently in Alaska and he came away just saying he, he couldn't believe how focused and life-giving it was. That, that at the end of it, he was saying, I feel like, I know the direction that we're going now. I've got a path to get there. And so I'm just going to echo that, man, take advantage of this. Alex, it has been a pleasure having you back on. I appreciate the friendship, and I know that people are going to get a ton of value out of this. Thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely, Tim. Love you. Love fire time. Love everything y'all are doing. Uh, Keep going. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Alex Judd. I'm telling you, He is someone that has it figured out and you need to be paying attention to his content. Now, before we wrap this up, I'm just going to give you a couple plugs for Alex. Number one is he has a new podcast. It's called Path for Growth with Alex Judd. Punch that in to wherever you consume podcasts and you'll find it. And I'm telling you that this content will inspire you as a leader and it will challenge the paradigms that you've had. Next up is you can go to pathforgrowth.com if you want to get connected with any of the services that Alex provides. And I'm just telling you from my personal experience of knowing this guy and participating in some of his path for growth calls, this is something that you need to be taken advantage of. I love the fact that we hit selfish improvement versus self-improvement. And I love that he's coined that term because it really articulates so much of what this podcast has been after. You know, in every single episode, we're giving you content and, and the hope is that you don't just take it and hoard it, but that you take it and share it. As a community has started to be built around this podcast and I've been able to meet with you guys either digitally or in person through trade shows, through blitz trips and through podcast meetups, I feel like the common ground here has been a heart of generosity, and I always want that to continue. You know, when I meet people from across the country and they say, you know, this podcast has helped me grow my business. It's helped me hire team members. It's helped me buy vehicles. Well, like, what's that for? That's all for the sake of service. And I'm telling you, there is a difference when a business exists for the sake of others versus just for themselves. People want to work there. Installers are happier. Customers will go to bat for you and you as a leader have a better quality of life because you exist not for yourself, but for the sake of serving others. I've just experienced this single-handedly. As I pour out what I've been given, I'm telling you, more opportunity comes your way. It is a one-to-one correlation. Now, I'm not saying that it's the opportunity that you wanted and I'm not saying it's opportunity that's fun Because the reward for hard work is that there's more hard work. And that's just the way that things go. But the truth is that if you set yourself up to be somebody who gives to others freely, you will be rewarded for it one way or the other. So 
With that said, I hope you got a ton of value out of this. And and honestly, I'm so excited for what the rest of this season is going to have in store for you for the podcast. Because I think that while last season the focus was on big business and holistically, you know, what can I be doing for these different departments in my in my company? This season is really about you as the leader. What are you doing to get better? And I know that conversations like this give you a path to get there. You see what I did there? You know, path for growth, path to get there. It wasn't even intentional. Now, as we wrap up today, if this podcast has been a blessing for you and you want to support it financially, you can go to the website, patreon.com slash it's fire time and contribute whatever amount you want. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash it's fire time. And I'm telling you, we are so thankful for the contributions that we're getting and it's allowing us to outsource some of the administrative duties of this podcast so that we can continue to deliver on the highest level of content. And I'm telling you, we've got so many awesome ideas in the future that are starting to become possible because of what you're contributing. So with all of that in mind, my hope is that you take the principles that we're talking about in this episode and do an inventory. Do I have a path for growth? Have I built habits around myself that are going to take me to the place I want to go? If the answer is no, man, reach out to somebody like Alex. Reach out to a friend or to a mentor. When COVID hit, one of the best things that I did is I hired a mentor of mine that I see on a pretty regular basis, but just not with the intentionality that I'd like. And I hired him. And I said, you just tell me per hour what you want to make. And I want to get together with you regularly for you to be holding me accountable, for you to be an advisor for me. I mean, you might think, I don't have time to do this. I don't have money to do this. It's the best time you'll ever spend. It's the best money you'll ever spend because an investment in yourself is what is ultimately going to pay off and you can't buy into the lie that there's not time for it because the truth is that there is. So I hope going out today, you guys have an amazing week. You take that inventory of yourself and you do something about it. To steal Alex's tagline as we wrap up this episode, your strength is not for you. Your strength is for others and your strength is for service. We'll see you guys again soon. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time.